0: Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. Today we're gonna look at five approaches to telling just about anybody who Jesus is. Uh, These five ways or five strategies, five questions that you can use have served me so well over countless interactions that I've had with strangers, with friends, with acquaintances, with coworkers. And so I'm, I'm excited to share this with you so that you can put it into practice right away, even this week, in t- telling somebody who Jesus is. But I want to show you, and we want to show you today, five easy ways how you can tell somebody about Jesus. Five easy ways, all right? After, as we end the church, the service, I'm going to give you a cheat sheet. Do you know what a cheat sheet is? It's a... Uh, it's like you're taking an exam and you get all the answers, all right? So you're going to get a cheat sheet with these five ways and all the scenarios that we're going to talk through today so that you can be prepared this very week to tell somebody about Jesus. This is for everybody. This is for the young, for the old. This is for the introvert and the extrovert. This is for everybody. We've all been called to make disciples. In fact, look at this this verse in Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20. Jesus, hey, let me tell you something. When somebody's about to die and they give you their last words, their last thoughts, that's something you always remember because it kind of summarizes their what, you know, the culmination of their life. And while Jesus had already died, he was about to be taken into heaven. And this is one of the last things that he told his disciples. He said, look at this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It's been given to God, to Jesus. Therefore, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, until the very end of the age. All right, what does Jesus want you and I to do? He wants us to go make disciples. He wants us to go make disciples. Now let me tell you something. I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna go in order of the slides. I'm not gonna get ahead of myself. Throw throw this uh, this this slide up here. And I'm sorry it gets cut off. I'm just trying to work on that. <laughs> but look at this. This is our church model, okay? Who do we do everything for? We do it for God. We do it for Jesus. We wash our dishes for Jesus. We work for Jesus. We play for Jesus. We go to school for Jesus. Don't do things for yourself. Do it for God, all right? So if you get that straight in your life, everything else starts falling into place. When you start doing things just for yourself, then that's when your life starts getting really messed up. But look at this. Who do we do things? We do things for God. Why? Why do we do this? Why do we do what we do for God? We want to see people's lives changed, starting with our own. God changed my life, and God has changed your life, I bet, as well, or is in the process of changing it. So why do we do what we do? We do it because we want to see people's lives changed. But here's what I want to get at today is what we do, what we do. We are here on earth as Christians to be disciples of Jesus who make other disciples. That's what we were placed here on earth to do, is disciples making disciples. You know what? You could be a spiritual grandparent in a matter of months. If you disciple somebody and they turn around and disciple someone else, You could be a spiritual grandparent in a matter of months. That is what God has called each and every one of us to do. And we can't shirk our duty. In fact, I'll tell you, it's one of the most exciting, fun, and fulfilling things that you can do with your life is to disciple somebody. That's what we do. That's our mission. And let me tell you something. And you can go to the next slide. We're not finished as a church until we've made disciples. We're not finished. We're not finished. You could say, oh, I feel comfortable in church. Oh, I'm coming to church. Steve, aren't you ha- happy with me? I'm coming to church once a week now. Aren't you happy with me? God wants us to make disciples, not come to church once a week. <laughs> Do you get it? There's a mission here. There's a reason, all right? Now, here's the deal. is, is uh, <laughs> You can't make disciples... Until you find disciples, and that's what evangelism is all about. The first step to making a disciple is telling someone about Jesus, telling someone about Jesus, showing them who Jesus is in your life. You say, Steve, man, I'm. I, it's, it's embarrassing. It's too hard. Listen to me. I've seen people who the day they gave their heart to Jesus started telling people about Jesus. The day. You don't need to use this excuse, oh, I need need a little bit more training. Steve, I need a little bit more experience. Steve, I need to read my Bible a little bit longer. I need to come to church a little bit longer. No, we start telling people about Jesus today. Today, find someone who needs Jesus and tell them who Jesus is. Don't worry, I'm going to show you today five easy ways for us to do this. But first, but first is this. You know, we want, first of all, you come to our church for a while and you say, I want to become a member of this church. I want to make a higher commitment. I don't want to just be someone who comes to your church. I want to be a part of the church. I want to be a member of the body of Christ. I want to make a commitment to this church. Well, what does that look like? Let me just remind you, there's a membership covenant that you sign. A covenant's a promise that says, I'm going to do five things as a member of this church. And let me tell you what those five things are. The first one is I'm going to actively be a disciple of Jesus. In other words, I'm going to be a student of Jesus. I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. I'm going to go after him, meaning that I'm going to believe what he tells me. If he tells me that I'm his child and that he loves me, I'm going to believe that. I also am going to obey his will for my life. There's nothing better than obeying the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to give you the best life possible. And I'm going to imitate his example. And I'm going to imitate his example by being baptized in water. So if you want to be a member of this church, and I want all of you to be members, participants in this church... I'm going to encourage you be baptized in water. Be baptized in water. The next commitment that you make is to participate once a week. Not just come, don't just don't short yourself by just coming to church, participate in church, meaning I'm going to worship God whenever it's time. And we sing songs to the Lord. I'm going to worship him with all my heart. And when there's a time of response, maybe an altar call or we fill out a three by five card, you say, I'm going to participate in the church once a week at least. Here's the next commitment. The third commitment that you would make as a as a as a member or as a prospective members, you'd say, I'm going to contribute my energy And my finances to this church. What organization would ask ask you for less? The church is no different. I'm going to commit my finances and I'm going to commit my energy to this church. And then I'm going to invest in spiritual growth. I'm going to study the word of God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to participate in church because I want to grow spiritually. And finally, I commit to fostering the church culture with three easy, simple values. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be available and I'm going to be teachable. I'm going to do those three things. And so what we have are, we're going to have these class, a one Wednesday night class. If you want to be a member of this church, a one night Wednesday, just a one night commitment, you come here, we're going to feed you And we're going to share with you what it means. Those five things, going into a little bit more depth of those five things of what it means to be a member of this church. Let me tell you what, that's a strong step towards being a disciple of Jesus Christ right there. Strong step. I'm going to be a disciple because I want to be a member of this church. I want to participate in this church. I want to be a part of it. Okay? So, as you become a member, then after that, there's another step. And I want to share with you what that is. There's going to be four four Wednesday night class of spiritual leadership where we teach you how to find disciples, make disciples, and fight for those disciples. Four four Wednesday nights, we're going to train and teach you. And right now, we've started Our first training was with the youth. And we've gone through... Three sections of these trainings with Shelly and Jimmy getting their input, helping us make sure this training is everything that we want it to be. But do you see where I'm going with this? We're serious about making disciples. We're serious about not just coming to church on Sunday mornings. We're serious about disciples making disciples. God wants you to go farther than where you're at today. He has high standards, man. You come into the kingdom of heaven, you're coming into a high standard. I hate, it's not an organization, it's a body. Because that's what God calls it, the body of Christ. God has high standards. So, look at this. It's not just for extroverts, it's for introverts and extroverts alike. And in 2 Timothy 1.7, here the Bible tells us, For God didn't give you a spirit of timidity, but he gave you a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline or a sound mind. God has given you everything that you need for life and for godliness. So don't let timidity cause you to shrink back. The Bible says, don't be of those that, that shrink back and are destroyed. Be of those who believe and are saved. God has called you to greater things than where you're at today. So be ready to move up to move forward, to move beyond where you're at. So today, five ways that you can talk about Jesus. Real simple stuff. I use this all the time. I've used it for years. It's helped me tell dozens and dozens of people about Jesus. And you can do the same thing. I used to be the shyest person in the whole world. Can you believe that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't look you in the eye to save my life, man. I'd shrink down. I'd shrink back into the shadows. But let me tell you what. When Jesus got a hold of my life, I lost my spirit of timidity. And you can too. You can too. But here's the first way that you can talk to, to someone about Jesus. And it's five questions that I'm going to give you today. All right? And I'll give you. They're on this cheat sheet so that you can take them with you as well. But you can also take notes if you like. Here's the question. Do you go to church anywhere? <laughs> Has anybody ever asked somebody that question? Do you go to church anywhere? All right, some of you. It's the easiest question in the world. Nothing to be ashamed of. Easy peasy. You can do it. So here's the scenario, because you've got to kind of paint a scenario, all right? I had a plumber at my house uh, just a few weeks ago. And as I was writing the checkout for the plumber... I asked him, as I was looking at my check, I didn't even have to look him in the eye. I said, hey, do you go to church anywhere? And then I looked up, and he said, no, I don't, actually. Now, do you think he was offended with that question? No, it's just a casual question. Do you go to church anywhere? And then I had one of my nifty little cards that you can pick up here at the back. Everybody keeps, keep some of these cards in your, in your pocket. Or, better still... You're going to have a bunch of these this week because next week we're starting our three-week series that I'll talk about here in a second. Or take one of these cards and say, well, come to my church either next week or the following because we're going to be talking about how to stop failing and start living a blessed life and invite them. Boom, you've done it. Actually, you haven't done it. There's more. (laughs) Because a lot of people when they start, when you mention them about church, they might look down and shake their head and say, No, I haven't been in a while. And say, Well, what do you think about church? Well, as soon as you start asking these other questions, people start talking and it's an open door for you to share what you know about Jesus. If you know this much about Jesus, we'll share this much about Jesus. If you know this much, then share this much. But tell people about who Jesus is and what he's done in your life. All right? So you can invite them to the current uh, sermon series. There might be a podcast that you've listened of ours or some other church, for that matter, that you say, this was really a good podcast. Could I forward you this podcast and you take a listen to it? See what you think. Or you could tell them about an upcoming church event or a service or ministry opportunity there's all kinds of paths that this question can lead you into. But the best one is just to tell them what Jesus has done in your life. Now you've got to ask yourself, has Jesus done anything in your life? Has God done anything good for you? That's got to be top of the mind. If God did something for you 10 years ago, it's not going to be as fresh. You need God doing something for you every week, probably every day. And use the most recent, freshest experience that you've had with God and throw it out there and tell them about it. Man, don't be shy about who Jesus is and what he's done in your life. So number one, just ask him, hey, do you go to church anywhere? That can lead into a conversation about who Jesus is. Here's the second one. Now this one is a little bit more challenging and it, it requires the right situation, but it's this. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? And, and you, know, you know why you don't ask that question? Because you're afraid that people are going to say no. No. You know, I've asked tons of people, can I pray for you? And I can only think of one time when somebody told me no. Only one time. Now, the situation has got to be right. So let me give you a scenario. Someone you know opens up to you, and tells you a problem they are having, a divorce they're going through, or financial struggles, or a sickness or illness. They just, you're just casual conversation with a friend, an acquaintance, a, a coworker, and they bring it up, and you let them talk it out, and then you look at them in the eye compassionately and say, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? I'm telling you, of the time they will say, sure. (laughs) You know why? Because they know you, they trust you, And, and they know that you care for them. They wouldn't have opened up to you otherwise. And so you pray for them. I had a lady walk into my office at work. I know she doesn't believe in God, she didn't believe in church, she didn't believe in anything, but she had macular degeneration. And she walks in and tells me about the shots that she has to have in her eye every couple of weeks and all that she's going through. And I asked her, I said, I'm sitting here at my desk. She's standing there in front of me. And I say, can I pray for you? She said, sure. (laughs) Why not? You know? So I prayed. Now, I don't get up and start yelling and hollering and doing something weird that's going to freak them out. No, it's a simple prayer. I just, in fact, I I didn't touch her. I just sat in my office, and she's over there, and I said... Lord, I pray that you'd help my friend with her eyes. I pray that you'd touch her and that you'd heal her. I know you can do it, Jesus. Amen. Short, brief, to the point, but powerful. Because you've just told them something about Jesus through that prayer. You've told them about your faith in God. You've you've introduced them to a Jesus that heals, a Jesus that cares, a Jesus that loves. Let me tell you something. You can do this. And let me tell you something else. You can do this this week. You can do this this week. Anybody can do this. All right? So you pray a a brief prayer. Here's a third way that you can introduce somebody to Jesus. And again, another question. And it's this. Can I tell you something good that happened to me this week? (laughs) Now, This requires the right situation as well. You don't just walk up to somebody, hey, can I tell you something good that happened? I mean, maybe you can. Maybe you're that that kind of person. But generally, a good scenario would be this. You're with a friend that's in a good mood. All right? We always think we got to tell Jesus about Jesus when somebody's, their life is falling apart and bad things are happening but you can use good times to tell people about Jesus as well. Look at this one. The scenario, a friend is in a good mood or has had something good happen to them as well, and they're telling you about it. Hey, dude, I got a promotion. Hey, I got a raise. Hey, I got a girlfriend. Whatever it is, all right? They're excited about something. You let them tell you about their good news and then say, can I tell you something good that happened to me as well? And then you launch into some answered prayer, into a cool scripture that you read that blessed you. And through that, you begin to tell them about who Jesus is. God is good. God is faithful. God answers prayer. God's word, his Bible is so good. It's so rich. And you tell somebody about Jesus. Jesus. You know what? God is always doing something good for you. I've had people to do, use this very strategy with me. And I said, well, what good happened? He says, this one guy said, well, I'm breathing. <laughs> I'm breathing. I'm not in the hospital. I'm doing great. And I said, that's a good thing that happened to you. He said, yeah, absolutely. It happens to me every day so far. You can tell people about Jesus, about the good things that God has done in your life. Here's the fourth one. Man, we're making good progress here, right? Here's a question. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? Man, if there's a surefire way to tell somebody about Jesus, it's by asking them if they believe in God. Because no matter what their answer is, you have the opportunity to tell them about the God whose son is Jesus Christ. And I would tell it to them that way well, that's cool. You're an atheist. Well, let me tell you what. Let me tell you about the God that I believe in, the God whose son is Jesus Christ. Well, that's going to capture their attention. They're going to say, well, I hadn't really heard it that way before. Who is that? I'll never forget being in line. I was working over in Juarez and um, being in line, that horrific line to get back across the bridge into the U.S. and I was with a co-worker. I'll never forget. He had a green Camaro, I think it was. It was way back when. And we're chit-chatting about everything, and he starts talking about aliens, all right, starts to, he believes in aliens, I said, well, that's interesting, he tells me his whole theory about aliens, whatnot, and what did I do, I said, his name was Chris, I said, Chris, do you believe in God, boom, 45 minutes, stuck on the Juarez Bridge, nowhere to go, he had to hear about Jesus, (laughs) all right, opportunities, man, And you let the conversation just kind of meander every which way, because he kept coming back to aliens, no matter what I'd talk about. Go back to, there's Martians, there's aliens up there, there's life up there. I know there is. And I said, Chris, this, this brilliant idea popped into my head. I said, Chris, what if... There was no life out there, and the only life that existed was here on earth. And all the universe was just out there just for us to see stars and and be... And he, he got really quiet, and he said, wow, that would be powerful. Because then it brings you back to God and humanity and who Jesus is. Do you believe there's a God? Alright, well, here's a scenario, a couple of scenarios where this could come up. And these are good, because these will happen to every single one of you, young or old. Watch this. Someone starts mentioning the bad things that's going on in the world. The the amount of shootings, the amount, the the, the virus that seems to be coming back again, the conflict and the war, the horror atrocities that are going on in Ukraine. Whatever it is, they bring it up. You let them talk about their whatever they're worried about, their fears, and then you say, do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? And then you can take that and begin to talk about how Jesus is the only answer for the world today. You see, there's so many opportunities. I used to pray, God, give me an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. And I I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, Steve, there's opportunities everywhere. Just open your eyes. Open your eyes. All right, so let, let's look at this, though. Let's say, let's, let's dig a little deeper into this scenario. You're talking to somebody because they've been complaining about the world situation. You say, Is, do you believe in God? And they say, yes, I do believe in God. What do you do? Well, you could say, well, I do, too. In fact, you start telling them, here's how I know God exists. Jesus did this for me. Jesus did that for me. Jesus freed me from this. Jesus healed me over here. Jesus gave me a job. Jesus gave me a good wife or a good husband. Jesus, 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 this is how I know God exists. Man, I'll tell you what, if you have a conversation with somebody, ask them if God exists, they say yes, You have a wide open door to tell somebody about Jesus because of your personal experiences that you've had. Well, what if they say no? What do you do then? Well, you need to be prepared for that. You need to be prepared if somebody says, no, I don't believe in God. Then you ask them, why don't you believe in God? (laughs) Just toss it right back in. And that's an open door because they're going to come back with you with all kinds of different answers that open the door for you to combat their answers and say, I believe in Jesus because he's done X, Y, and Z in my life. He's done this. He's done that. He's done the other thing. And it's your opportunity to testify, to witness to his reality. But here, let let me just forewarn you. Here's the reason why people don't believe in God. Here's the reason why. We're going to watch uh, one point, uh, God's Not Dead. All right? It's a great apologetic movie in my mind. I like it. A great apologetic movie because you find this, this university professor that's an atheist, a staunch atheist. And as the movie progresses, you find out this guy, it's not that he doesn't believe God. It's that he's been hurt by his former belief in God. He was hurt, and now he's angry at God. And so what does he do? He gets angry at God and says, I don't believe in you anymore, so I'm going to become an atheist. Most atheists, in my mind, have been hurt by something in religion, by God, by the church, by something. And they've turned their back on God and denied his existence. It's not that they don't believe in him. It's that they feel that he's let them down. He's disappointed them. There's doubts also. A lot of people don't believe in God because of just doubts. Hey, hasn't that happened to you? It's happened to me. Doubt, God's, God's existence. Am I crazy? Does God even exist? Or they've experienced Christian hypocrisy. And they've seen Christians who said they were one way, but they lived a different. And they said, forget that business. I don't have anything to do with church or God, or anything with religion because of Christian hypocrisy. And that's why we should watch our lives carefully. And the way we are at church together here is the way that we are at work and at home. And as a parent, we're not going to be perfect, but we can still live a godly life the way that he wants us to live. And so, here's, here's some questions you can ask somebody whenever they say no first of all, you ask them why they don't believe in God, but here's some other questions that you can ask them, and it'll be on this sheet that I give you, all right, is if you don't believe in God, then where do you find lasting peace? And it's a curiosity. I'd I'd really be curious to know for an atheist or an agnostic, someone who doesn't know if they believe in God, where do you find peace then? And I think, I know that they don't find peace anywhere. They don't find lasting peace anywhere. Here's another question you could ask them. Just out of sheer curiosity is what do you think happens to people after they die then? What happens to them? And uh, here's another question. How do you find purpose in life without God? Just curious. How do, you, how do you personally find purpose in life without God? And where do you come from or where did you come from if God doesn't exist? Lots of kind of probing questions. And then from there, you can begin to tell them what Jesus has done in your life. And that's why it's important for you to have a fresh experience with the Lord Jesus Christ every week. Because then you'll be prepared, man, prepared to tell people. Then the last response that they could give you is, I don't know. I don't know if there's a God. And I don't even care if there's a God. A lot of people will tell you that as well. You can use the same questions. If you don't know if there's a God or don't care if there's a God, where do you get peace from? What happens to people after they die? Does it concern you? I'll never forget. I was driving from lunch with some coworkers. There was four guys plus me, maybe three guys plus me, all of us in our 40s at that time. And uh, I don't know what got into me. I'm wouldn't. I was just probably being a little goofy. But um, I said, hey, guys, has it ever dawned on you that we're at least halfway through our life? And all of them said they had never thought of it before that way. People are not thinking about the future that they should, the way that they should. They're not thinking about eternity the way that they should. Guys, when our lives are over, we're going to stand before the judge of the universe. And we should care enough about the people that we come into contact with to share the solution that Jesus gives, which is eternal life, salvation. All right, so here's the fifth one. We're making good time, man. We're going to be out of here early. Anybody excited about that? All right, last one. This is the best one, all right? The easiest one. You can do it anytime, anywhere with anybody, and it's this. Hey, how's your day going? Hey, how's your day going? You having a good day? Now, you can do this anywhere. You can do this at Walmart as you're checking out or Albertsons or wherever you shop at. At the cashier say, "Hey, how's your day going?" And you, no matter what they answer, you can tell them about Jesus. It's unbelievable how many doors that question answers, or how many doors that opens. But I like to use this one when I'm traveling or used to travel, in an Uber or a taxi. I'd get to the city that I'm going in, I'd jump in the car. It's usually a foreigner who's driving the car, and I ask them, "How's your day going?" And it's all downhill from there in a good way. I mean, it's just easy. Talk, you, you can talk about the Lord very easily that way. I've, I've talked to more Uber drivers, taxi drivers that way. But if you're on the city bus, ask somebody as you sit down with them, hey, how's your day going? Boom. You got an open door to share the gospel with that person. Because if they say, great, I'm having a great day. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Can I tell you something good that happened to me recently? (laughs) So you just go right into that second or third strategy that I gave you. All right? You say, they say, great, great. Well, you know what? Can I tell you something cool that just happened to me? They'll turn and look at you. Yeah, because they're used to hearing bad news all the time, negativity. And you tell them about what God is doing in your life. They might also respond, and this has happened to me many times as well, horrible. I'm having a horrible day. Well, what's going on, man? Well, blah, blah, blah. And they start telling you the bad things that are happening in their life. And then what do you do? When somebody tells you the bad things that are happening in their life, somebody tell me what you're supposed to do. Anybody? Can I pray for you? It's easy. I'm having a horrible day. This happened. To, well, can I pray for you real quick? Sure, I guess. And then you pray for them, and it continues on from there. The last one also happens, and this is... You know, they're in a bad mood. They don't feel like talking to you. Get out of my face, you know. And so they don't really give you much of a response. They don't want to talk. And that's okay. You don't want to thrust things on them. But what I do, I always get the last word in. And you can too. As you're leaving the bus, the cashier, the car, whatever it is, you say, God bless you. God bless you. And don't just say it while your back's to them. Look them in the eye. (laughs) and say, God bless you with a smile because you're thrusting a blessing on them. I'm literally, you know how people can curse and people think, you know, I got a curse put on me. Well, I'm putting blessings on people, man. (laughs) God bless you. And that can turn, that little phrase, the reality of God's blessing in their life can turn their life around. Can turn their life around. So I'd like to ask you, you can't, if you come to church here, man, I'm always going to ask you to take action. Always take action. We don't come here to just feel good. We come here to make a difference in this world. But would you make it your goal this month, the month of July? We're already a few days into the month of July. But this month, would you tell three people about Jesus? you make it your goal to tell three people about Jesus using this strategy or whatever you want to use, whatever you feel comfortable telling people about Jesus?